0: Everybody, welcome back to baseball connection. Lots of updates, some big time names. We will jump into it. So we had been talking about Carlos Correa, where is he gonna go? He signed with the Twins, he has agreed to a deal with the Twins. It's gonna be a three-year deal, 103-sorry, 105.3 million dollars. So it comes out to an average annual value of 35.1 million a year. He has an opt-out. After each year, so after the first year he had an opt out, after the second year he had an opt out, then of course the cr- contract is only for three years. So it's not what we expected. This took me by surprise because I was one of the people anticipating that Korea would sign a mega deal, something like ten years, three fifty or something like that. But he's not getting the length of deal that he was looking for. And the fact that he signed with the Twins is an even bigger surprise to me because they were not rumored to be a team that was in on signing Correa But with this contract the average annual value of 35.1. He's now going to be the second highest AAV of any position player in MLB history. So Mike Trout has the highest of 36 million per year for his AAV. Correa at 35.1 clocks in just below that and It narrowly tops Anthony Rendon who's at 35 exactly so This is an interesting move because now the Twins have the number one and the number two pick from the 2012 draft, Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton. They're going to be teammates for at least the 2022 season. This is a huge surprise. Why why did the Twins do this? Where did this come from? I mean, all of a sudden, the Twins had a lot of money to spend because after they shed the remainder of Josh Donaldson's contract in the trade with the Yankees, they were immediately linked to Trevor Story, but instead, they've decided to go with Carlos Correa. And because Correa rejected a qualifying offer from the Astros at the season's end, that means the Twins, actually because the Twins are a revenue-sharing recipient, the Twins will forfeit their third highest selection in this year's draft in order to sign Correa. That's the way it's worked. You know, that's the way it is. So their third highest selection is actually going to be a pick in competitive balance round B. It should be in the mid sixties or so. And the Astros meanwhile will gain a comp pick somewhere in the early seventies for losing Carlos Correa after they tendered him a qualifying offer. So obviously the opt-outs are there to provide Correa with the ultimate insurance net. If he remains healthy in 2022 and produces anywhere near his 2021 or 2019 levels, he'll opt out and re-enter the market in search of something along the lines of that 10-year deal he was originally looking for. He's going to try to pull a Marcus Semyon. We saw what Marcus Semyon did. He was on a one-year deal with Toronto, went crazy, had a great year, now signed for seven years, 175 with Texas. That's what Carlos Correa is hoping to do. But if Correa suffers an injury or he has an unexpected down year at the plate, he'll have another $35.1 million salary, waiting for him in 2023 with the exact same opt-out opportunity that offseason. So he's got flexibility here. Career is right in his prime. He's 27. He's a career 277 hitter with 356 on base, 41 slugging. He had a career-high 26 homers this past season. So he's going to be a focal point in a Twins lineup that is also anchored by Byron Buxton, when healthy, and second baseman Jorge Polanco. Correa has been an average or better hitter every season of his big league career. And the thing about him, though, is durability is a bit of a concern. You know, just like Buxton, Korea has some issues there. Obviously, not to the extent of Byron Buxton, but Korea's only reached 500 plate appearances twice in his career. He did play in 148 games this past season and 58 out of the 60 in 2020. So he, he has been... Healthy the past couple years. But, you know, we know that he had a few years there, you know, 2017, 18, 19, where he was getting hurt quite a bit, missing a lot of games. So he's only going to deepen this Minnesota lineup that is deep in talent already, but lacking in consistency. You know, you have guys like Miguel Sano, Max Kepler, Gary Sanchez. They've all hit 30 homers in the past, but they've kind of ebbed and flowed through roller coaster performances at the plate in recent years. So, Hopefully, they can, they can get some stability by adding Correa into that lineup. But pitching is definitely still something they have to work on. But you know, we could talk about the Twins and what, what they need to do another time. But today, I just want to kind of give everyone an update that Carlos Correa will be going to Minnesota on a surprising deal. No one really saw this coming. At least I didn't see it coming. The other, the other deal to announce is that Nick Castellanos has signed with the Phillies. It's going to be a five-year deal worth 100. We've been talking about the possibility of this happening. There were a lot of rumors. It's now a done deal. So five years, 100. He's going there, and he's joining Kyle Schwarber, who joins Bryce Harper, right? So they they have a pretty filthy middle of the lineup. I mean Harper, Realmuto, Hoskins. These guys were already there. Now they went out and got Schwarber and Castellanos. I don't I don't think many pitchers are gonna to want to be facing that lineup. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a force to reckon with. And you're gonna see Schwarber and Castellanos flip-flop between DH and left field. You know, that's that's pretty clear. They'll probably do that. But the Phillies have added two impact bats. As for Castellanos himself, he became a free agent in November after he exercised his opt-out clause. He walked away from the final two years and 34 million remaining on his deal with the Reds. And that was predictable because he had a really strong season in Cincinnati. So because Castellanos made uh, sorry, because Casiano's rejected a qualifying offer from the Reds, that means he's gonna cost the Phillies their second highest pick in the draft and five hundred grand from their international bonus pool. Meanwhile, the Reds will gain a compensatory pick in the first round of the twenty twenty two draft. So there will be some balls flying out. I mean, that is a good not as a good Ballpark to hit in absolutely. Citizens Bank Park is a hitter's ballpark. Moving on. Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen is headed to the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are not messing around. They've they've picked up some great players, and they keep doing it. They got Kenley Jansen here, and it's going to be a one-year, sixteen million dollar contract. So, I mean, longtime Dodger, three-time All-Star, someone who has been very good over the years. Obviously, he's not in his prime anymore, but he was still very good last season. Pitched to a 2.22 ERA in 69 outings. He's 34 now. He's not, you know, the lights out guy he was let's say 5 years ago, but he will still get the job done. Absolutely. He's one of the better closers in baseball because he, he seems to have regained something last year because so I know he had a couple, you know, rough rough seasons not too long ago. But He's going to be heading the back of that Braves bullpen. They did, They meaning the Braves also added, you know, Colin McHugh, Tyler Thornburg, guys who will also step into immediate bullpen work, but Kenley Jansen will be their closer. So that's another deal that happened yesterday. And then also we have to talk about some news that came out about some guys who rejected extensions. So Matt Chapman is the first one. It was reported that Matt Chapman rejected a 10-year, $150 million offer from the Oakland A's after the 2019 season. So this was before hip surgery knocked him out of the 2020 playoffs. The A's had offered him this contract, 10 years, 150. And that's saying a lot for the Oakland A's. It's 15 million a year, probably a bit of a low ball, definitely a low ball. But for the A's, they don't spend money. It's still interesting to, th- to see that they offered him that. And... Of course, Chapman didn't know he was going to get injured and, you know, his numbers would take a dive. You know, 2019 was a monster season for him where when he had 36 home runs. So that's why he was betting on himself, betting that, well, if they're giving me this offer now, imagine how much I could get in free agency. Well, he got hurt and he, his numbers have been relatively down since then. Hopefully he can bounce back. But basically, if you take into account the kind of mo- the amount of money he's made now in arbitration, if you crunch the numbers, by the time Chapman reaches free agency, which is after 2023, he's going to need to sign a six-year, $122 million deal in order to make his decision to extend the extension look like a wise one. Because, you know, he, in order for him to, to, to make the kind of money that he would have made if he had just taken the extension in the first place. But obviously, hindsight is 2020. This dude, I mean, how would he have known that he was going to hurt his hip and have surgery? But you're talking about a guy who I think is a big-time bounce-back candidate. He was healthy again last year and, again, a gold glove winner at the hot corner. I think that bat is still very lethal. And when he has less pressure on him in that Toronto Blue Jays lineup, he's gonna get a lot of pitches to hit also. He's going to get a lot of pitches to hit there because they can't really pitch around him in Toronto. Expect his numbers to really bounce back. I can see the power numbers also spiking up in the AL East. So he's basically taking over from Marcus Semyon as kind of that veteran superstar that's supposed to play alongside young star Beau Bichette. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to get Kevin Biggio sliding back to second base and Matt Chapman playing third base. So we'll see how he does. But, yeah, it was interesting to see that he turned that down. And then other news that came out, on another player who turned down a nine-figure extension was Michael Conforto. So he turned down a nine-figure extension before the 2021 season. It was in the 100 million dollar range and it could have gone it would have gone to about 120, which is what we're hearing. That that one's a bit of a head scratcher. I don't really know how many years. It was for, but still, that's nine figures guaranteed that he turned down. So we don't really know what Conforto is going to get this offseason. He's still a free agent right now. His market has been one of the more difficult to predict. If you look at his numbers, he's very consistent. He's a 265 hitter. You know, he's got some pop. He'll give you 20, you know, 20 home runs or so. And 25 home runs. 25 home runs. And he'll hit you about 80 RBIs. That's kind of who he is. That's Michael Conforto. Career 124 OPS Plus. So he's his bat is very good. But who still needs outfielders this year? Who's willing to pay up for Conforto? Because if you look at what Castellanos just got, I mean, he just got hundred million over five years. And over his past four years, has waited to runs to created a plus of 126. Relatively similar to Conforto. Relatively similar to Conforto. But Conforto is a year younger than Castellanos. He hits from the left side. He doesn't have the same defensive liabilities. He can play all three outfield spots. So it's possible that he can get nine figures as well, but Unfortunately, the thing about Conforto is that he's coming off a down year, which came at the wrong time. So his overall body of work over the past few years is similar to Castellanos, but he had a down year in 2021, just as he's heading into free agency. That might put a bad taste in people's mouths. So it's possible he could could end up settling for a one-year deal and try to have a bounce back campaign and return the free agent market next year or get something with opt-outs like Carlos Correa. Because Carlos Correa, he, he went into the offseason looking for 330000000 million. Couldn't find a deal in that range. And he just settled with the Twins for, you know, 105 over three years with opt-outs. So that could be something we see with Michael Conforto. Opt-outs. I mean, that that gives you leverage, but it also gives you some security in case you don't have a bounce-back year. So a lot of other signings, but they're kind of smaller names. Dodgers signed Danny Duffy. Cubs signed Jonathan VR, And that's where we stand. So that's our update for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.